my name is Nathan Anthony Arnold. I'm 32 years young. I'm a public speaker delivering positive messages throughout the UK. I'm also the founder of Nathan Arnold Coaching, where I deliver six-week mentorship programs into prisons, colleges, schools, universities, and try and create positive change. I was born into a family where there was me, my mum, and my nan and my sister. I was the only male in the family, my father was absent. I didn't go on to meet my father until I was 20. As a child, I was exposed to domestic violence from a very early age. My earliest memory dated back to the age of four. I was yawning my way down the stairs one morning before school to find a man beating on my mother. My mother was in some really rough relationships when I was growing up. I was raised in a two-bedroom council house, my mother on welfare suffering from depression, whilst my nan worked two jobs to provide meals on the table for me and my sister. The electricity used to cut off and the candles came on. This was a recurring theme under our roof. We had very little in terms of money, but so much in terms of togetherness, looking after one another, sticking together through those tough times. We were really in the eye of a storm as environments go. It was a really rough place for any parent to raise their child. I would look over my left shoulder, there was drug dealers. I would look over my right shoulder, there was people robbing each other, people in and out of prison. I used to hate those days where my mother would send me out over the road to the neighbour's house with a letter, asking to borrow for some milk, bread, whatever supplies we could get our hands on. When I look back, it saddens me that my mother had to swallow her pride in moments like that to send her son out to borrow from people mostly strangers. She really was in survival mode, and I hand it to her. She would do anything to make sure we didn't go to bed hungry. Despite crying herself to sleep most nights, that was. The beautiful thing that came out of those times was that there was a sense of community, people that reached out to help one another in times of need. Even if it was ketchup sandwiches or salad cream sandwiches that we used to live off most of the time, it was the values that I remember most. The values that she instilled in me to be grateful for what we had rather than what was missing in our lives. The coursework I was assigned to as a child was really heavy. I thought everybody lived this way until I was around seven when I went to my friend's house and noticed that they didn't have to put a pound in their television to keep it running. Growing up, being the only male in the family, I was left with feelings of abandonment, neglect, disapproval for not knowing who my father was. In that, I was an introvert, I was quiet, I learnt to just suck things up and get on with it. I used to hear things like, big boys don't cry, children should be seen, not heard. And in that, I took those words and those orders to heart. I would learn to keep my mouth closed, to silence those confused questions I had going around in my head that surrounded my father's absence and make sense of my life. I repressed my feelings and emotions and found a way to navigate my way through the confusion and chaos, albeit it wasn't effective. There is no blueprint to parenting. My mother did the best with what she had, where she was. She did her very best. Hand-me-down philosophies from parents generation after generation lose through people and bleeds into a new generation. As children, we are pure, naive, fearless, creative, intuitive, until we learn the behaviours of those who raise us. The personal and social conditioning that surrounds us becomes our way of life. 
We adopt beliefs, values, behaviors, and habits that mold, shape, and form us into the person we become. We create an identity so that we can adapt to the environment we're in in order to survive. Between the birth and seven years old, this is called the hypnosis stage, we read the environment with our five sensory receptors, sight, sound, touch, taste, and smell. Everything we experience becomes a memory in our mind. Like a software program downloading events, taking snapshots of the images we see through the lens of, our, of what we are exposed to. One of my earliest memories growing up when I was eight years old when I was at school and I got placed into normal class. From my normal classroom there, I got placed into special education called Young Potential, where there was five other mentally ill children. Like any child would, I started to make stories up about myself that I was a dumb child, that I was naughty, that I was bad. This left me with a lack and limitation mindset. Most days you could find me just hanging out alone. Some days I would go and try and hang out with one group of guys on one side of the playground, sagging my pants to try and fit in with them. Unsuccessful, I would take myself over to the other side of the playground, or over to the bike shed and try my luck there. I would go home and I would be a completely different person around the dinner table on a Sunday afternoon. I spread myself so thin that I created so many different identities of that I was lost. It is in our makeup as human beings to be loved, liked and approved of. And I was no different, that's all I wanted. Being exposed to domestic violence, I never knew how to process how I was feeling, and what my eyes had seen. All I knew is that I had this deep burning desire to get my mum and nan out of certain situations.